0: Salutation summoners, and welcome to the casual try-hard Ledger's Ruterra podcast. I'm your host with the most, Anthony Rico plays 1723, and welcome to our very first episode. Here, I would like to announce that after months of negotiation, hard work, and a million-dollar contract... We were able to finally sign a new co-host, and that co-host being Mr. Christos. How are you today, Christos? Hey, we're doing all
1: right. And, uh... It was a long, hard fought contract battle, but I'm glad
0: we were able to come to terms. (laughs) It was a very good time, but we love the fact that you are now our permanent co host. So, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, summoners, um, just a little intro about the podcast and a little bit intro about me, and a little intro about Christos. So first off, I'm Rico. Play 1723 I've been playing card games for the past six to seven years. Uh, most of my background is going to be coming from Magic the Gathering, uh, but I do have a couple of seasons in Hearthstone and a couple seasons in Shadowverse. Christos and I were actually part of a... I would say a, a, a pretty decently like successful group of friends that did pretty well in MTG.
1: Yeah, I like our group was pretty good. We like we were like the PTQ end, end boss uh, for a lot of or like a local tournament end boss uh, for people that aren't familiar with the scene. Uh, we were we were pretty good for for what we had.
0: We had we had a we had some good finishes. I know we had a great finish up in Baltimore. Uh, we were able to day two and finish within the top. I believe it was like top fifty of those teams there. So we there's a lot of passion when it comes to card games coming from us. Eventually, we wanted to kind of hop on onto the casual tryhard podcast. Um, network hopefully if you are familiar you may be coming from the casual tryhard magic the gathering podcast uh which is hosted by our good friends uh brian wakefield and james carson we wanted to kind of work within their network to kind of do what they do but over in the legends of Runeterra field does that sound about right christos
1: yeah yeah that's uh that's what we're gonna be focusing on here um Legends of Runeterra is a new upcoming TCG focused solely on the digital marketplace, uh, and it's a ample opportunity to expand and see what the game has for us.
0: It is... You know, after playing all these different types of of, of card games, I got to say... Uh, Riot did a fantastic job with Legions of Runeterra. I don't know if you actually know Christos, but uh, the their their play lead is actually Steve Rubin, uh, one of the the MTG pros. Actually, I'm not sure if he actually made it to the Hall of Fame or he will be in the Hall of Fame, but I know he has a bunch of top eights under his belt.
1: Yeah, I did not actually know that. Um, I know of Mr. Rubin but I did not know that he was the lead design. That doesn't really surprise me at all because Riot takes good consideration into their games, uh, with uh, usually balance-wise, and that that fits the bill.
0: Yeah, he, um, he did. I, I watched an interview with him, and he was saying how when he was playing Magic the Gathering for a little bit, uh, they had had him under contract, but he couldn't say anything. So all these people were like, oh, is Riot going to come out with a new digital card game? And he had to be like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. So it was it was, it was pretty funny. Um, but he has a, a bunch of actually ex-professionals from all different card games. And uh, watching that interview, he basically said he wanted or Riot wanted Legend of Runeterra to be the best of all worlds in terms of the different card games that you have out there. Riot has done a phenomenal job with basically all of their games and their IPs. I mean, League of Legends is probably the most successful eSports scene out there. I'm pretty sure. Would you agree with that? I think it's safe to say. like, League's
1: eSports scene has been going strong for 11 years now, and it's not losing any steam anytime soon. It's taken the world over multiple times. It's been the biggest game played in Korea for a decade. And it's just,
0: if you know eSports, you know League of Legends, you know Riot Games, you know what they do. So once I heard that they were coming out with a card game, I was like, I, I, I need to be a part of that. By the way, hashtag Team Liquid, just saying. So they they started up this uh, digital card game, uh, Steve Rooms Elite Design, and one of the things that captured my eye or drew me to Legends of Runeterra is the way that they handle... Um, their money model, the 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 way that they handle the economics over there, coming from Magic the Gathering, I can say without a doubt that Legends of Runeterra is the best free to play model and the best consumer friendly making money model there is out there, hands down, without a question. It's-
1: it's not close.
0: It's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it really isn't. And this takes me back to, to the days of when, when we had our, our little uh, MTG team. We called ourselves Team Dead AF. And I never truly realized how blessed we were. Uh, specifically me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, but how blessed we were that we had a group of friends that like once a new deck came out, in that meta we could just be like hey i i need the cards for this deck and we would just all to get together and voila the deck was ready for us and i didn't realize until i left the team how expensive how expensive card games truly are um, the collection that we had between those
1: six players is kind of insane to think about. It we had modern like three times over. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we 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 had standard decks, you know, the weekend of, um, and that's to be expected of a grinder. You know, you have that deck, but we just we had it, you know, for three, four copies. Just we we had it, and it's it's really kind of crazy when you think about it. Not too many people know the logistics uh, that go into that side of. Uh, competing in a card game. But it's no. really kind of crazy to have no access to the cards you're going to be playing with maybe 24 hours in advance. And you just, you know, you don't have them yet, but you're going to pick them up the day of the tournament and be ready to roll.
0: Yeah, I as I said, I, I, I was truly blessed because I, I had uh I had y'all to be like, hey, uh, I want to play this deck. And then all of a sudden, the deck was right in front of me. So then yeah, when I... We, we got you. I, yeah. <laughs> and then when I left... And then I tried to compete on my own, you know, spending my own money and not having those resources. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't keep up because it was just so expensive. And then when things happened, when the pandemic happened or the change happened and Magic moved to Arena, my expectation or what I thought was that things would have gotten better with Arena but uh, unfortunately, that's that's not the case. You know, it's it's. Uh, I'm sure people have heard about it. Uh, but you know, talking about the loot box system, where um, in other card games, you, uh, I'm going to use MTG or Shadowverse uh, as an example. You buy a pack, you get the pack, and then um, you hope that the pack has the card. And if it doesn't have the card, at least in I know in Shadowverse you could uh, uh, dust or craft or you you can use that mechanism. But um, in Magic Arena, do they have that type of system?
1: They do not. They have a wild card system where you have to buy packs to buy wild cards to then forge the cards that you want in your collection instead of being able to just buy the wild cards that way.
0: So I'm sure the audience is starting to understand how expensive that could be. Um, it
1: is very expensive, very quickly.
0: Yes. So when they talked to me about how Legends of Ruterra was going to be very different, um, I was like, all right, let me hop on it. Oh, man, is it different? At, at, at first, actually, which is a, a great story of how Riot Games and that community uh, and, and that community leader actually listened to us as the community. At first, what they did was... They actually had a system where they would put a cap onto how many, uh, wild cards you can actually get. So the way that it works in Runeterra is that you can actually spend money, real money, to get coins, and each tier of card is valued at a different uh, amount. So let's say you want a champion, a champion is is 3 300 coins which which basically equals out to about $3. So if you say hey, I want Sijuani, C- you can go buy $300 worth of coins and then buy buy actually buy Sejuani. So at first, what they did was they had a cap because they really wanted the whales. Uh, whales are being uh, individuals who pay a lot of money and, and put a lot of money into the game to get what they want. They wanted to kind of stop the whales from having such an advantage over the players who do free-to-play. But there was so much backlash about that um, that actually Riot decided to actually forego that cap. And then now anyone can go and spend however much money they want to get the cards that they actually want and personally for me christos i've only spent i've only spent $20 and i've only used $10 of that to actually get cards that i want because the way they handle their free to play model is so generous that i didn't even actually need to spend the money like I'm just using to spend. I'm just spending the money on funny emotes and stuff.
1: So it's funny you mention that. I have also purchased twenty dollars and only used ten dollars <laughs> in <Mintera. laughs> That's so funny. And it's it really boils down to a philosophy that Riot has, and this goes all the way back to League of Legends and how they go about giving out uh, skins and how that's that's how they make most of their money through that game. And it's just a different philosophy between Wizards of the Coast and Riot on how and where they want to make money in their games. Uh, WotC will try to squeeze you for every dollar, everywhere, every time. Uh, Riot only does it for cosmetics for the most part. And of course, that first instance of deck building. So WotC has strategically placed a second barrier they want you to spin the wheel twice, so to speak, right. to get your reward instead of just the one time where where it's up front. Riots and this has been Riot's uh, philosophy in all the games, League of Legends, uh, Teamfight Tactics, Valorant, and Legends of Runeterra. It's all the same. It's all perfectly made and designed for the consumer to be able to buy what they want when they want it.
0: Uh, it's, it, it really does change. It changes the game. Quite literally, and because of it, I once I started playing Runeterra, and I started like really getting into into the game and into the meta. Like I just I just fell in love. I've also loved the League of Legends IP. Um, Riot has done a phenomenal job in terms of uh, the lore behind everything, and just having another avenue. Uh, to be able to get into into that lore is is great because I, I you know I'm not gonna lie to you, Chris. I tried League of Legends, man, and uh, I don't got it, bro. I just I do not have the capability of <laughs> of moving the mouse the way I'm supposed to and typing in the keys. I just I just couldn't. So, but but you you, you dabbled in a, in it a little bit, right?
1: Uh, you could say that I have played League of Legends for a little over 10 years. Um, and I peaked <laughs> Just Masters. a little
0: though, folks, just a little over yeah, 10 years, just, just a little, little bit.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I peaked Masters uh, end of season five, uh, season six. Um, so Masters is top 1,000 players on the server. Um, wow. And I put, yeah, I, I put in a lot of time. I grinded the game for years and years and years. And it's a good it's a good time. Um, not for me so much anymore. I definitely have taken a backseat to it. Uh, I play more card games nowadays, but I still love League of Legends universe. The lore. I don't know if you know this, Rigo, but they actually put out champion stories uh, every month or so.
0: Oh my god!
1: Like just like you remember the Magic stories that they make.
0: Don't listen, man. I have only so many hours in a day because of yeah, my these job. stories are good.
1: They are well written, well developed. They are good. If Riot does one thing right, it's lore and artwork, and these stories deliver on both fronts. Oh man, I'm gonna.
0: Does Sejuani have a story?
1: Um, I believe so because they started doing stuff with their friend Um, but I was recently reading Senna's and uh, Viego's story. Oh, that, uh, Viego is the new champion coming out in League of Legends, and Senna, and Lucian, which are like two of my favorite champions in the entire game.
0: Are both main uh, protagonists in that story? I gotta, I gotta check this out. I, I, I'm it's, gonna check it's this out. Really, really
1: good. Would recommend.
0: So, so based on that, and that point, be- because I couldn't get into it because I just didn't have the capability of playing League of Legends, having Legends Runeterra being able to be another avenue for me to get into the lore, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic, and I, I think that is also something very key. Um, into making it an advantage, honestly, for the Legends of Runeterra world, as you were saying, that I'm not saying I didn't exactly fall in love with the characters in Magic: The Gathering or in Shadowverse, but I believe in in, in Legends of Runeterra. There's a little bit more. There's a little bit more of a focused or a, a little more connection. I believe with the champions and in, in your regions.
1: So I I think that's true. I think it's hard to like the planeswalkers.
0: In <laughs> oh man, don't get me
1: started. <laughs> and in in League's universe, you're able. Each champion is the main character of their own story, so you don't have to focus on the Jay Chandra Nissa stuff. You can focus on Caitlyn or Ophelios or Ari. Someone there's. There's someone for you, I promise there's like
0: 150 of them. And I'm, I'm just to quickly mention, Ophelios, by the way, is going to be the new champion that they just announced for Legends of Ruterra. I I believe they call him, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is he the edgy sad boy? I I believe is what they call him. He is
1: an edgy sad boy. Um, he, <laughs> he you could say he's down bad. Um <laughs> he's he's having it rough he's a bit depressed um but you know he'll he'll get around he'll figure it out
0: (laughs) i can't i can't wait to start reading about his story because um they were talking about some of the mechanics that he has and he's definitely going to be one of those uh, amazing champions to play with because he he's that like second third tier level thinking they're saying But, Christos, just to make sure to mention a little bit about you yourself as a player, um, I know that someone (laughs) was, what was it, 653 in the MTG Arena world? I finished December's
1: League at 632.
0: 632? Uh, Yes. Oh my
1: goodness. I was ranked 632. I am currently top 99% again. We're hanging out in Mythic. I'm actually on my second account in Magic that I made to p- originally play with my sister, uh, <laughs> just beginner stuff. And now I have slowly occurred I'm just playing Mono Red Best of One, <laughs> uh, and that's been a good time. Uh, but we managed to get up to Mythic in that now, so I have two different accounts to play on for that. Uh, and it's been good. It's been fun. Uh, Magic's still really good. It's still Holds my attention for weeks at a time um, before a format gets a little bit stale and I start to find myself fading away. I'm hoping when this new Legends of Runeterra stuff comes out that it grips me just as hard and I'm able to dive into that.
0: It's I'm telling you when the the new the new patch hits and the new set comes out you're gonna you're you're gonna get addicted to it. Not saying, I want to make this very clear at this podcast, we are not MTG haters here, okay? Oh, no. we, we We came from that MTG world, and we love that MTG world. It's just that, for me personally, when the change happened and everything became digital, it, it just, Arena just does not grab my attention the way that Legends of Ruterra does. And... <laughs> You're not alone in that by, by no means.
1: Like I, I still like Arena. I play Arena at least like once every other day, if not every day. But you're not alone in being in that crowd of people who are not enticed by arenas, bells and whistles.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just and 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 granted, you know, you have to understand and I was talking to, to Profe about it and he he basically put it best where Watsy is a card game company basically trying to become a game trying to make digital riot is a digital game company going into the card game sphere and because of that the advantages that they have in terms of presentation in terms of the bells and whistles and having some of the best pros and all these different card games coming together it i'm legends room terra is is so so good and eventually as part of the podcast uh we will get into kind of the nitty-gritty the basics of room terra then move on to you know level one level two level three type of stuff uh eventually um we're we're planning on trying to get some of the the more professional players on to kind of get them on for for interviews and things like that because right now we're in a special time with Leg- uh, legends of runterra because of the fact that it is basically still in i wouldn't say beta stages but it's still up and coming the esports scene is still trying to figure itself off because we're still a part of the new if we can tap into it from the very beginning, I think that we can, we can build something great and build a really good community. And what we're basically trying to do is become a podcast where any type of level of, 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 type of, of gamer can come in and just enjoy having a, a conversation with us and trying to, to learn with us as we go along this journey. We're going to try our best to be, you know, the grinders and to be the best of the best. Um, I just reached platinum, so I'm super happy with that, but you know, our focus being part of the casual try hard network is to, you know, speak to those individuals that do have those, you know, like, like me personally, I do have my, my 40 hour a week job, sometimes even more. But I can definitely give you the the basic and the, the foundation blocks um, to be a successful player in Legion's Terra. And having Christos as part of that podcast, I think is going to be a, a really good fit for us because Christos has that level of of analysis and that level of extra step in terms of... Because Christos, I, I can say this without a doubt, you're, you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades in terms of the decks that you like to play, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I can play just about any deck you hand me and be proficient at it to some degree. Of course, there's the oddballs. Um, but I feel like if, if you were to hand me a deck today and ask me to get
0: to Mythic with it, I could in a week. Right. So, Christos has that <laughs> level of expertise um, where... Where me, I'm just like, hey, I get to play big, big things and smash your face. All right, let's go do it. But I, I believe with this podcast, you'd be able to get the best of both worlds. you will be able to listen to Christos and his analysis. And kind of like a, kind of maybe like a, for MTG fans out there, kind of like a Marshall Sutcliffe LSV type of thing going. Like I wouldn't put us yeah. up there quite yet. But that, those type of roles, I would say, probably best describes us. And yeah,
1: then, I, would, I would definitely be doing some deep dives. Um, like if I see something like a deck that interests me in the metagame, you can expect me to have detailed analysis, um, play patterns, cards I like, cards I don't like, uh, good matchups, bad matchups, win percentages, stuff like that.
0: And then um, I guess in uh, League of Legends terms, I'm more of a Travis, Travis Gafford and uh, Christos is more of like a JAT, and and I think with those two two different personalities and do those two different types, uh, I think we can have a super successful podcast. Uh, the next the next thing I just wanted to make sure to talk about Christos is we also plan on talk touching a little bit about the lore, correct? Yes, because it's it's one of the things that, as I said, I I find myself so enticed. Um, by the lore of, of, of League of Legends that like I almost you know when I'm playing certain game when I'm playing a certain decks, I'm almost like, you know what, I don't even want to play that deck because I don't even like that champion. <laughs> like I, I don't like who you are, I don't like your backstory. And that's actually kind of also um what they mentioned in the new patch that they're gonna try to gear the game into more like a little bit more champion focus. I don't know if you saw the actual update crystals. But they were I actually did. talking. To, oh, you did. Okay, perfect. So they were talking about, you know, getting new new skins involved. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm super ecstatic about. Because uh, uh, there, there's that Sinjuani skin that I love. Where she's riding the, the pig in Leagues of Legends. That I definitely want in Legends of Terror if they still have it. But I, I think a, a very important piece... For the more casual gamer, is gonna be that 4. and just having an opportunity to talk to someone about it um, who's so knowledgeable about it, I think is gonna be is gonna be awesome.
1: I think it'll be really good. I you said that we were in like a beta stage, and if you compare where we are right now to like Magic in like nineteen ninety four, it is incredibly similar. That's a- uh, we have. We have the chance to do like be in this is like ground floor stuff. right? It's not gonna let this game die. It's gonna it's gonna keep growing. If, when more sets are added, like this game is just a little little wee baby. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, little, a wee <laughs> lad. Just, yeah, a wee lad. Uh, <laughs> it'll grow into something really great.
0: Perfect, perfect. So um, I believe we we got the the right pieces together. We got the podcast together. Um, and we're part of the Casual Try Hard Network, so I'm, I'm super excited. And uh, I believe we have, we have better things coming, coming our way. Absolutely. Well, it, the podcast unfortunately has to come to an end, um, but I wanted to thank all of y'all for taking your, your time to come listen to us eventually what we're going to do is we'll get our twitter we'll get our patreon we'll get our facebook we'll get all those things out there for you um right now just like the game we're kind of in our own beta stage but uh hopefully you come on by for episode number two um this is sayonara from me rico plays and as always we'll see you next time summoners Christos how long how long have you been up pal uh, I have been awake for 32 and a half hours Christos you had you you had a tournament to be in bud what I did. What, what, what are you doing out there what what wait, caused you to go. stay up so late wait,
1: man go I need I need you to I need you to know this isn't the first time and it
0: won't be the last time. oh my goodness gracious so so what exactly happened?
1: So uh Path of Exile, a popular ARPG, had a new league come out. See, jack of uh, all this,
0: trades, I'm telling you. This, jack of all this, trades. This
1: Friday. Uh and it essentially is like adding a new mechanic to a game. So it's almost like a standard set. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're coming from Magic, it's very similar. Um so this new one is like really, really good. It fits into the game super well. Think of it like adding flying or like haste to oh, wow to, That's a- to play creatures. It's just It just it just fits right.
0: That's a big difference.
1: Yeah. So it just it just flows. It's super fun. I'm playing with a couple buddies, um, and we're just we're just grinding because this game you can play for weeks. And you. You can you can just put in weeks and weeks of playtime and it just it just keeps going. It just does it doesn't fail to deliver. It's super fun. I love it. Um and it has uh taken over my life uh, for the past like four days.
0: So so we decided, Christos, that dr- during the qualifier, while you're playing the qualifier on one monitor, you had you had the other game in the other one. Absolutely. Oh, my uh, goodness gracious. You can play Magic
1: on your second monitor if you wish to set it up that way. And so <laughs> I did. I had Path of Exile on my monitor 1 and Magic Arena on my monitor 2. It was a great time.
0: So the only way this story gets any better, did, did you end up day twoing? That uh... No. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, I was actually 2-2 um, fighting for day 3, or day, day 2, excuse me, and... Um, and we started off hot. Uh, I had like a really good Mold of Seven, a uh, double burning tree into Voltaic Raller, so I had like uh, seven power on turn two. That sounds good. And it was it was going pretty good, and then I got Cry of the Carnarium, uh, uh, and it was not so good. Uh... Yeah, so I didn't think many people were playing cries. <laughs> Re- you can't really play around that game one. So I just got caught. And it just it happens. It happens to the best of us and then the Sultai matchup post-board is just not good for you really. Um, they usually board in like more Wraths, more big creatures that you can't get around, so I just lost. Uh, and then my tournament was done. But hey, did you have fun? I did have fun. Uh, I got to absolutely roll some people uh, while playing another game and it was very <laughs> under- <laughs>
0: Oh, man.